On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we are recapping all of the college football action over Labor Day weekend. We're going over the listeners' picks. We're going to tell you how the man did versus the model. Again, I don't want to give a spoiler alert, but the model cannot like the way things have started out for him. Meanwhile, the man is on fire. We're also looking ahead to week number two in the college football season. We're previewing some good games like LSU Texas and Clemson versus Texas A&M. Then we are segmenting to the NFL. It is back, baby. And we are going over a new segment where we make two picks a week as well as one of our key picks. Great segment. So stick around for episode 47 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent 16 seconds in the fourth. Knicks steps up. He throws to Williams. He's got it. Touchdown, Auburn! Touchdown, Auburn! Bow Knicks to Seth Williams. Wow. With nine seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. All right. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host. I am also joined once again by the co-host, the model, Aaron. Now, we are two weeks, maybe one and a half, I guess, into college football. How are you feeling about your picks, man? <laughs> not, not so great. Not not so great at all. I just feel like I'm getting dragged through the coals that we have to even review picks from last week and the standings. But when we do that, I'm actually going to be looking for a little bit of forgiveness and empathy from you and kind of just some shared experience about how close my picks could have been but did not turn out so well. You're asking for empathy from me? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? I, I will just, say, though, that's that's gambling, man. And we can talk about these games in depth, but that is gambling. And it's why we love it. And it's why we hate it. Yeah. I, it's early. I, I can't let myself get off uh, kilter too much. It's early. Should I, uh, do we need to pipe in the audio from Mad Men where it's uh, not great, Bob, not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I believe I texted that back to you when you asked me how I thought things were, do, things were going. You did. And let's just, I'm going to put it out there real quick before we jump into the episode. I am a fluke fucking pass away from being undefeated on the season let's just let that sink into the listeners and to you it's so painful to even hear <laughs> i can't believe it but i'm uh, i'm definitely impressed yeah well i'm feeling good so before we jump into the episode let's take care of some housekeeping let's let the listeners know where they can find us Yep. So you can always find the podcast and wherever you get your podcasts apple podcast anchor spotify we're also on social media check us out on twitter at double down corp or on instagram at double down trent and then finally, come check out our website, uh, doubledowntrent.com. We now have listener standings on there. I've just added listener selections so you can see what you are picking each week and how that compares to what everyone else is picking as well. I'll get that up uh, each week as folks submit so you can go check it out 
and see how you are doing. Yep. And that's where you're going to be able to make the picks, folks. So go to doubledowntrend.com. That's also got the easiest way to find our podcast. But uh, we appreciate all the support. We appreciate the listeners playing along with us. Uh, Before we jump into the results and kind of go over the listeners' submissions, we did want to do a little gambling 101 refresher. So we teased this. We did it a little bit uh, last year, but you know we were just starting to get the podcast off the ground. So we're going to go back. We're going to do a full gambling 101. So that way all the listeners know what we mean by plus, minus, favorites, odds, all that kind of stuff. So let's go over. There's really three big gambling picks that people make, especially with football, and that's going to be the spread, the money line, and the over-under. So, Mr. Model, you are our expert. You are our numbers guy. Give the listeners some idea of what we're talking about. Let's start with the point spread. Yep, and I wanted to give you an example of a game that was happening this weekend to put everything in context. So the game I am looking at is Iowa playing Rutgers, and the line, the point spread we're seeing for this game is Iowa is favorite by 19 points. Rutgers is the underdog by 19 points. And typically what that means is when you go to look to make a bet for point spread, you will see an Iowa minus 19 and a Rutgers plus 19. And then there will be an odd associated with this. So before we even get to the odd, what the heck does that mean? Well, if I wanted to bet on Iowa at minus 19, they would need to win the game against Rutgers by more than 19 points in order for my bet to cash. If Rutgers kept it close and only lost by seven, 12, 14, et cetera, then I would lose my bet of Iowa minus 19. So point spread is all about making games that are typically against a huge favorite and maybe a little peon underdog. Action will be like interesting and actionable for betters because you are getting point spreads where you can actually bet points. So you can take an Alabama versus Duke last week, which I think the point spread was something like 35 points and actually get interested in betting that game, knowing that Duke is very unlikely to win. Yeah, and it's also the most common bet, I, th- I think, uh, because it's just more interesting. It makes any game watchable. Um, 19 points, obviously, is huge. Now, we used to tell people, or at least my my peon brain before really getting into gambling, I used to think that was the difference uh, in, in the game. But really, the, the number is set by Vegas because they want to get action on both sides. So that's where the odds come in. So give the listeners a little bit of an explanation about that because you know it may not be super obvious as what the better pick is. Um, but when it's a spread bet, usually there's odds associated with it. Yeah. And the key here is always thinking about what is the implied probability for that bet to actually succeed. So, you know, for this Iowa minus 19, we might see a number like minus 110 next to it, which basically translate that minus 110 is the U.S. odds that translate to about 52% of the time. So if I was a better looking at this game, I would say to myself, okay, do I think Iowa is going to beat Rutgers by more than 19 points 52% of the time or greater? Likely, I'd probably say 53 or 54% of the time or greater. And how could I come up with an estimate to actually sensibly say yes or no on that? And if I said yes, then I would likely make that bet. If I said no, I would likely take Rutgers plus 19 or just stay away. But those odds associated with the minus 110 are critical because you're always needing to think, okay, what is the implied probability that I'm getting on the odds that I'm seeing currently? Yeah. And, you know, for what you're going to see and the minus 110, again, what that means is um, if you were to pick that bet, if you were to bet $110 and your bet wins, you pay out $100. So think of everything in terms of 
a hundred dollar bet. Obviously, that's not going to be what everyone's betting, uh, but the odds are set up where they're assuming a hundred dollar bet. So obviously, if you do a ten dollar bet, it's you know fraction of that. But uh, those are the odds. Now, when we see money lines, that's pretty much the second biggest one that we'll get. And the game that we picked today, uh, as our example, is an interesting one because obviously, with a, a spread like nineteen, that's a massive spread in football. Um, that obviously means that one team is way more likely to win than the other team. So Mr. Model, give us some explanation and odds about Moneyline. Yep. So for the Moneyline for this Iowa Rutgers game, we're seeing Iowa is the favorite and likely to win about 92% of the time. Uh, they are currently with the money line of minus 1,100. And I got that 92% by translating that minus 1,100 into implied probability. Rutgers is the heavy underdog. Vegas thinks that Rutgers is plus 900, which estimates that they will win this game about 10% of the time. So like Ryan just said, if we wanted to bet on this game, we would have to bet $1,100 on Iowa on the money line for them just to win straight up. Doesn't matter by how much. Could be one point, could be 50 points, and we would only win 100. Now, if we wanted to bet the other way, if we thought Rutgers might pull off an upset here, we could bet $100 and win $900. That's the difference between the minus and the plus. So because Rutgers is the heavy underdog at plus $900, likely to win only about 10% of the time, um, we can bet $100 and win $900 um, just based on the odds. Yeah, and because that number is so big, that minus $1,100 for Iowa, you know, you're probably not going to bet Iowa on the money line just because it's not worth it to risk that much money for such a small payout. Now, on the flip side, you know, if you want to get risky and really roll the dice, you could make a smaller bet on Rutgers because the payout is so large. So that's the plus minus. Um, obviously, for games that are a little more closely matched, uh, the teams are more even. Those odds are going to be a little closer to one another. So keep an eye out for those ones. Uh, obviously, now the third biggest one that we would want to cover here and that people bet is the over under. So go ahead and explain that, that basically over under or total points in the game. Yep. So this is the last one where it, they put out an estimated how many points are going to be scored in a single game. So for this example of the Iowa Rutgers, I just pulled out, okay, it's estimated that they're going to score about 49 points. And these are both the points of both these teams added together. So let's say that Iowa scores 42 and Rutgers scores 14. That's add those together. That's obviously more than 49. So the at over 49 would win. Um, so for something like this, you are trying to estimate how many points are going to be scored in the game total on both sides. And do you think that's going to be over the total or under the total? So for example, that we have in this game, we have 49 points at minus 110. You can choose over that or under that also at minus 110. And if you think that's going to win, then that's the bet you should make. Yeah. And typically what you're going to see with over-unders, uh, a lot of times the odds are going to be the exact same. Um, sometimes it might be a little different. Uh, but for the most part, those odds are pretty similar. So there's there's no real strategy in picking over under. It's just really you got to focus on that actual game and uh, focus on the two teams that are involved with it. Um, and obviously, you know, there's a ton of other bets you can make. But those are the three big ones. That's the holy trinity of gambling for uh, football. Most any sport, actually, I should say football, basketball. You know, that's how that kind of works. Um, yeah, go ahead. I would just add, so we, we're obviously not going to cover, you know, parlays, teasers, pleasers, those other kind of bets that you're alluding to. But just here with some of the point spreads and the totals, there are key numbers is what folks will call it. There's key numbers that you want to be uh, sensitive to as you're betting. So, for example, 
for 49 points, we know if both teams score seven touchdowns, seven times seven is going to be 49, assuming they hit all their extra points. 49 is typically a key number that you'll see for a total. So it's just good for you to run some analysis so that you understand what the distribution is of these games of how many points get scored and what the total might be set prior to the game. So then you can start doing some delta analysis. Um, but just know that there's key numbers based on how points are scored in football, three points for a field goal, six points for a touchdown, and then an extra point for seven. Um, and just something to keep in mind, which we're not going to cover now. Excellent. So if you guys have additional questions, hit us up on Twitter, message us, email us. You know how to reach us. Uh, we'll be happy to answer any additional questions for you. So now that we've covered that, let's get to our marquee segment, the man <laughs> versus the model. Now, I was all prepared and ready to introduce myself as Mr. Undefeated Man. Uh, I can't quite say that, but let's go over the review or the results of the picks from last week. Yep. So we did five games last week where we picked teams. You had a phenomenal week where you went four and one, almost a perfect five and oh. I did not. I absolutely crashed and burned. I won one and I lost four. So for the first game that we picked, it was Oregon against Auburn. We both had taken Oregon plus three and a half. And we freaking lost the game. I can't believe Auburn scored in the last minute. It was absolutely dagger. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I was watching that game, and the whole time I thought that Auburn was going to try and drive down and kick a field goal. It sure seemed that way. If you're Oregon, you got to be playing defense knowing that. And basically what happened is Auburn drives down. Oregon's cornerback makes a fucking bonehead play, jumps a five-yard route, leaving a guy streaking wide open to the end zone. Now, all credit to uh, to Auburn. Bo Bo Nix made a great pass. He's a true freshman. It was an incredible pass. You know, good for them that they won. But that was the difference for me. And I'm thinking, even if Auburn comes down, and kicks a field goal, I'm winning my bet. The pick is a lock. Boom, put in a five and zero week. But uh, it didn't happen. Now, I do also want to point out, Mister Model, the next game, your only win. <laughs> Was Georgia a game that you changed? You should have been 0 5, my friend. But I'm not. But I'm not. I switched it. Next game that we had was Vanderbilt against Georgia. We both had taken Georgia minus 21. We figured they'd come out and make a statement. And lucky for us, they did. Thank goodness. They kind of slodged around. It wasn't a true dominating performance, uh, but, you know, they looked good all around. A couple of, you know, turnovers, a couple of bad plays for Georgia, but I think they look good. And obviously they covered here for us. So that was a good win. Okay. So for the next game, our third game, this is one of the discrepancies that we had. I had taken Florida State minus five and a half. You had taken Boise State plus five and a half. At halftime, it was looking phenomenal for me. Yeah. At halftime. Uh, it was 31-19 in favor of Florida State. And then suddenly the second half comes out. Florida State is absolutely flat-footed. There's been talk of dehydration. They get scored on 17 points unanswered by Boise State, and Boise State goes on to win. Yeah, it was incredible. And also, true freshman quarterback for Boise State. So uh, that was another game I was paying close attention to, obviously, because we picked it. But, you know, if you're Florida State and you're, uh, you know, you can't come out and just say this is a dehydration and conditioning thing. That is just embarrassing. Even if that is the case, keep it in-house. Like, man, that's embarrassing. Do you feel like Willie Taggart is just feeling the pressure and needed to come out and say that because he essentially threw his strength and conditioning folks under the bus? Big time. Yeah, I mean, that's the only only thing I could think of is that he knows he's under pressure. If he doesn't deliver on a good season this year, he might be canned. 
uh, it, it's just a bad loss, especially because that game was supposed to be on a neutral field. It got moved to Tallahassee. It was a home game for Florida State. Like, that is just embarrassing. Yeah, that was a bad one. All right, also a bad one for me. The next game, Boston College played uh, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was away. Virginia Tech was favored, minus three and a half. I took them. You took Boston College, plus three and a half. Sure enough, Boston College, no trouble. No trouble. They ended up yeah. winning that game pretty easily. Yep, and I said it last week, Virginia Tech, they're on my done list. I just can't pick them. And until they are just a no-brainer runaway pick here, they are remaining on that do-not-touch list. Well, I'm very quickly headed in your direction. I keep thinking that they're a Frank Beamer, Virginia Tech, but they are a Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech, and those are two very different things. Very different. One of the things that kind of stood out to me about this game, if you had told me that Boston College's stud running back, A.J. Dillon, would end with 23 carries, 81 yards, and a single touchdown, I would have told you that Virginia Tech likely would have won that game, which they did, right? That was a phenomenal job by the defense of kind of keeping him uh, kind of tucked and uh, covered. But I think where it went wrong, Virginia Tech's quarterback, Willis, ended up with four touchdowns but also three interceptions. That's not going to cut it. Uh, so it just did not go the way I wanted, and Virginia Tech lost that game, and I am suffering big time. Yep, every loss for you is a win for me this week, so let's keep <laughs> chalking them up, baby. The last game we had was Stanford and Northwestern. This one was painful, too. I had taken Northwestern plus six and a half. It was actually looking really good until the fourth quarter uh, when Northwestern finally got on the board. Thank God. Stanford, uh, you had taken minus six and a half. You ended up winning this one. Number of QB injuries on both sides of the ball for this game. Dude, and not even that. This was the, the worst bad beat so far of the college season. This could be up there for the worst bad beat for the entire season, even though it was only week one. Um, that game flipped in the last 10 seconds on a, a turnover that ended up with a Stanford touchdown to cover. Like, I, I thought the Oregon loss was bad. If you were actually had some money and some serious chalk down on that Northwestern-Stanford game and you were on Northwestern, ooh, you got bad luck, man. That was a tough one. Yeah, so KJ Costello, the QB for Stanford, was injured uh, pretty early in the game. And then Northwestern's quarterback, they ended up having a dual-headed monster. They started Hunter Johnson, the transfer from Clemson, but he was pretty ineffective. So they ended up going with TJ Green, who ended up getting injured. So then Hunter Johnson came back in, did not do a whole lot. So uh, I'm looking for, I don't know, I just it was just absolutely painful. I wanted my pick to come through there, and it obviously didn't. So I'm looking to rebound this week. Yeah, so I am sitting pretty. Let's go over the listener standings as well as the man and model records because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be dominating you. I know I feel good about it, but right now I am going to fucking rub it in your face. You just need to revel and enjoy it yeah. as long as you got it because it's not going to last, my friend. And so real here quick, before you do this, I was going to say we, we actually were hanging out this weekend. We were in person. Normally we are two time zones away. If I was undefeated, I was showing up with a fucking undefeated belt. I was going out somewhere, I don't care where, and buying it and wrapping it around my waist. But alas, I am six and one. So let's go over the standings. Yep. So you are in first place at six wins, one loss, 86% accuracy. I'm tied for second. We have two new listeners, AK and Luann, are both four and one, 80% accuracy. At In fourth place is Lenny at four and three with 57% accuracy. We have a number of folks tied for fifth, uh, all at three and four, 43% accuracy. That's a man 47, Mrs. Model, and the legend. In eighth place, also in a tie, is Colorado Rocky and JoJo at two and three at 40%. 
I am way down in 10th place. I am two and five, good for 29% accuracy. And then in last place, tied for 11th, we have Deke Buff and Little Model, both one and six, 14% accuracy. Yikes. Man, I mean, it feels good to be on top anytime, but, you know, we've got a lot of listeners picking with us. 86% is white hot. Uh, shout out also to AK and Luann. You know what? Anyone who is even in my realm, they know how to pick. We got the touch right now, man. I'd like to see if that continues this weekend. <laughs> now, my mom, uh, she's sitting there at four and one. She always uh, comes back to a point where uh, you, you accused her of cheating. I'm submitting picks <laughs> after the deadline last year. It's quite a controversy. She was very, very thrilled to come out and pick at four and one. And you went two or one and four for the week. So she was very happy with that. I just got to put that out there for you. Okay. That's uh that's noted. I'm going to put that in my back pocket. I'm going to stick that up in the wall and look that, look <laughs> at that hatred spewing as something for motivation for future weeks. And I will loop back on that point uh, as I rock it back up the standing starting <laughs> yeah. this weekend. Bulletin board material from Luann. Uh, that's right. Okay. So let's go over our games this week. We got uh, a couple of really good ones on the docket. So go ahead and introduce the games that we're picking. Yep. And as a reminder, these are all Saturday uh, games. So we're giving listeners uh, another day to submit your picks before the games actually kick off. The first game that we have is Ohio State home against Cincinnati to in-state. I hesitate to say rivals because that's probably not fitting for Ohio State, <laughs> but I'm sure Cincinnati has really marked the game on this on the calendar for them. Uh, Ohio State is currently favored by 17 points. So it's Ohio State minus 17, Cincinnati plus 17. I, my friend, am taking Cincinnati plus 17, but you have other ideas. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of points, so I, I can't fault you there. Uh, I'm taking Ohio State. Uh, I was sold on Justin Fields last week. I know they played Florida Atlantic. They're not exactly a powerhouse, uh, but they were dominating. They took the pedal off the the, the metal. Uh, they pulled back a lot of their starters. They let Florida Atlantic come back in it. I don't think they're going to do that with the, uh, Cincinnati. I think they're out to make a statement against them. Like you said, they are in state. They're not rivals, but... Um, I think they've got something to prove here. They're sitting pretty, especially if Justin Fields can play like that. And he showed some flashes, man. So he looks like every bit the real deal. Um, I know 17 is a lot of points to cover, points. Um, but they're at home. I mean, they're going to be rocking. I, I just I, I think this is going to be a big win for Ohio State. So I'm taking Ohio State to cover 17. All right, and I'm hopeful that Cincinnati is going to actually show up. So they actually had a great game last weekend where they took – they beat UCLA uh, by 10. So UCLA is certainly a very different beast from Ohio State, but just given 17 points, it feels like a lot for me. So I'm hopeful that, you know, let's say Cincinnati can get to 14 or 21 points scored and then keep Ohio State's offense in check and see if they can get a cover here. Let's go, boys. All right. What do we got next? Uh, next one is one of the great rivalries of the past. So right now we have Colorado home against Nebraska. Nebraska is favored by four points. You and I also differ on this. I am going to root for the home, the home school here. I'm taking Colorado plus four. You are taking Scott Frost, Nebraska minus four. What's your thinking? I am taking Scott Frost. Uh, like you said, you are a homer. I know this. So I'm picking against you here. Um, I think, you know, they, they showed some flashes last week, Nebraska. I don't think, you know, they're all, they're, they're completely gelling. Uh, I'm also not going to get too excited when you're playing, um, you know, shitty teams to start the season. They didn't look great. Um, but speaking of bulletin board material, I mean, not to say again, South Alabama, let's not, you know, 
Let's not get up in arms about them. But I've got some more bulletin board material here, okay? So you don't want to give bulletin board material. You just don't want to do it. But Colorado's linebacker come out and says that passing is a weakness for Nebraska. And Scott Frost, he is a former quarterback, okay? I think he is going to be lining it up. That offense is going to come out firing, and I just, I'm not a buyer in Colorado. I'm taking Nebraska to cover the four on the road. Okay. And I'm going opposite. I'm, I'm a believer or maybe a pseudo believer in Colorado this year. I'm uh, they, this is a team that scored 52 points on Colorado state last week. Uh, Montez senior quarterback has been uh, pretty good for us over the last couple of years. And with LaVisca Chenault, a phenomenal wide receiver. Um, I'm hopeful that he's going to be able to break loose and actually make some points. So Let's go Buffs, and we'll see if we can get a win uh, this weekend against Nebraska. All right. All right. Next game we have is another good one. A huge favorite, Michigan, is home against the tiny Army team. So currently Michigan is favored minus 23.5, and and we have Army at plus 23.5. We are both on the same page here. We are going Army plus 23.5, and and I guess we're hoping for a close – low scoring game. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that's exactly my thinking. Um, you know, Michigan played middle Tennessee last, last week, they, they won 40, 21. So obviously if that spread was, uh, the same for us for, for the army game, they wouldn't have covered. I can see a similar outcome. I think Michigan's going to win this game. Um, but I, I just can't see them covering that big of a spread. I've been down on Michigan. I faded them earlier in the, in the podcast. We previewed them. I just don't see it. I am not a believer in Harbaugh. I know this is not a game that Michigan's in jeopardy to lose, but 23 and a half is a lot of points. I'll be honest. I know not a lot about army, but I can see them grounding and pounding and trying to keep this game slow, uh, trying to, you know, control the clock a little bit. It's just, that's too many points for me to, to give. Uh, so I'm taking army to cover there. That's my only thought process. Yep. And I'm on board. Army had played rice last weekend who rice is not great, but I've heard rice really sold out and wanted to stop the run and made army look like a pretty ineffective new team with the option in that ground and pound. I'm hopeful army comes together a little bit better this weekend against a much stronger opponent and actually shows up, keeps this game close for as long as possible and is able to cover that 23 and a half. All right, next game, maybe one of the best of the weekend. If not this one, the next one, uh, we have Texas is home against LSU. We both are differing on this one. I am taking LSU minus four and a half, and you are taking Texas plus four and a half. What yeah, the heck? Man. You're on board with those Longhorns. <laughs> Get out of here. So I'm going to give some background for the listeners who may not be aware. Last year when we were doing this contest, I hated Texas. I couldn't pick them right if you had like $1,000 dangling in front of my face. Couldn't get a read on them. Every time I picked them, they didn't cover. Every time I picked against them, they'd come out and blow out the other team. I even surprised myself when I wrote down Texas plus four and a half. This is going to be an incredible game. I can't wait to watch this. I think this is the night game. Uh, It's a big, uh, big feature. One of the big reasons I'm picking Texas in here is they're the home team. And I think at night in Austin, that place is going to be rocking. If this was LSU and it was or in LSU, I should say, uh, I wouldn't have done this pick. I would have picked LSU at home. I think they're that close. Um, and I'm getting more than a field goal here. I, I believe in Sam Ellinger, man. I, I didn't last year, but he won me over in the bowl game. Um, I, I just can see this being a really close game that comes down to a field goal. So if I'm getting Texas plus four and a half, I like that pick. Uh, I, I think 
I just think they're going to come through. They might even actually win outright. It's going to be that kind of game. Oof, I sure hope not. So I generally think that Texas is overrated, and I think that they're going to be much worse this year. I think LSU is coming with a very different style than what they've typically been in the past. For example, Burrow, the uh, quarterback for uh, LSU, ended up throwing something like 25, 27 times last week and scored five touchdowns against the Georgia Southern team, which is certainly uh, no Texas. Um, This game... I think I find this fascinating. So this line opened at minus four and a half, and now we are currently seeing at minus six and a half for LSU. So a lot of the betting sharps, I would say, are on LSU to win and to win big. And I am going to get on board and ride that baby as fast and as hard as possible and cannot wait for LSU to actually come with an up, uh, absolute beatdown on Texas this weekend, and I'll be push, pushing this back in your face. I mean, if it's six and a half, I'm jumping on that in a heartbeat, especially <laughs> that four and a half. Uh, I will, I'm going to say not so fast, my friend, on Corso here. Um, Burrow did have the five touchdowns, but I think like 15 of the 27 throws are less than five yards. He had like two that were right on the goal line that they had passing touchdowns, so it wasn't like he was lighting up the skies. Um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting – I just think Ellinger's a little bit of a better quarterback. I think he's a little more established. He's got some he's got some balls, my friend. And that's why I'm picking him. So uh, you know, I, I really obviously want to fucking win this pick, but I think it's gonna be a great game. I I can't wait to watch this one. All right. We shall see. So the last game on the docket for this weekend is a doozy as well. Clemson is home against Texas AM. Again, we differ. I am taking Texas AM, the underdog at plus 18 and a half. You are taking Clemson, the favorite, at minus 18 and a half. How dare you? Yeah, how dare you, my friend? Okay. First of all, uh, I just, I, for, I'm going to go over this piece by piece and tell you why I'm picking Clemson. First of all, I have no faith in Jimbo Fisher. I have no faith in Texas A&M. They have an impossible schedule. I think they're going to get rocked. I think the only reason that they are ranked 12th overall right now is because they're in the SEC and it's an SEC bump. They're not that good. Uh, so that's my first side of things. The second side of things is Clemson. Now I know they played Georgia tech who is again, not a powerhouse, um, no. but Clemson, they didn't look all that impressive and they still won big. So, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence didn't play his best game. He, he looked really off. In fact, he had two picks. I think that's like he's he's got something to prove, I think, right now. You know, he doesn't want to have that sophomore slump. Travis Etienne, my fucking Heisman sleeper, which is looking <laughs> really good right now. He played incredible. He only had 12 carries. They pretty much benched him in the second half. They were like, we're not going to risk injury here. They uh, they just look really fucking good. Um, and I am down, down, down on Jimbo. I know it's a lot of points here. It's a lot to cover here, but Clemson is home, and that place has always been one of the toughest places to play. And if you're telling me you're getting a matchup with the SEC and Clemson, I think they you know they don't have to prove that they they are you know not worthy anymore. That the the ACC can compete. Obviously, they've beaten Alabama twice. I think they want to make a statement win here tonight or on Saturday night and really shit on the SEC. So that's why I'm picking Clemson. And I think after the some of the SEC's performance in the first week, I think that would add fuel to the fire of some of those teams getting upset and upset bad. I just don't see it. So I I know Clemson lost a lot uh, over the last last year to this year. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, A&M can keep it close. I think Mond is going to be critical for A&M as their quarterback and seeing if he could do it both in, in the air and on the ground. 18 points is a ton. This line opened at 18 and a half and has now gotten bet down to Texas A&M plus 17. 
So certainly looking, uh, the betters are, are on Texas A&M, given that huge line. I will be right alongside with them, and I'm going to be Texan, taking Texas A&M plus 18.5 and, and rooting for them hardcore. I mean, it's just another week that we're going four different games opposing each other. And if I take a commanding lead over you after the first three weeks, I don't even know if you can recover from that, my friend. I don't even want to think about it. I will address it if and when that happens. But as of right now, I'd like to think that I'm going to catch you even after this weekend. (laughs) Ah, man. It's a little early for me to drop this line, but I'm going to drop it anyway. Fiction can be fun, but I find the reference section to be a bit more enlightening, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Where is that from? That's from Ace Ventura. It's a deep, deep cut quote that I use a lot in in real life. And a lot of people don't know it's a quote from a movie, so I get to steal some uh, some creativity points. <laughs> there you go. Very uh, wise, man. Let me ask you, though. Which game uh, are you more excited for, Texas LSU or Clemson-Texas A&M? Honestly, I think I'm looking more at the Texas LSU game. Yeah. I just really feel like the Texas team is overrated, and I actually wouldn't be shocked if they end up losing to LSU, to Oklahoma, and even possibly to Iowa State, even though they didn't look great the first week. They barely, I think they beat Northern Iowa in overtime, Iowa State, yikes. So to me, this is going to be a statement game. I think LSU is going to you know, come out and show their dominance and actually national title, title contender, and I think they'll do so in a big fashion here. Whoa, baby. Coach O, he's in. Coach O. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, one note that I got to make real quick, uh, I'm doing something that I don't normally like doing, and I'm picking very heavy favorites. Minus 17 for Ohio State and minus 18 and a half. I typically don't like doing that, but based on these matchups and the teams that I'm picking, I I just, I couldn't not do it. So that's why I did it. Yep. That's totally fair. So listeners go to doubledowntrent.com, click on the man versus model tab, and you will be able to submit your picks that way. Come join the competition. See if you can do better than me. It's looking good for you so far. (laughs) (laughs) See if you can do better than the man right now. Cause I'm hot. Yeah. Yeah, we need to put you in your place for sure. But yeah, everyone go to the site, get your picks in. You've got until Saturday at kickoff time, which is around noon. So go ahead, get those picks in uh, and play along with us. Um, And then stick around for our second segment. We're going to be talking NFL. we got a little bit of a new angle that we're going to be covering this season. We heard some listeners ask for the NFL, so we are giving you to that in our next segment. So stay tuned for that. All right, for our second segment, we are doing something a little different. It is season two. We are introducing the NFL picks. We're going to do a little something uh, where we do two games each. One game is a key game. I guess we should start from the very beginning. Welcome on. Uh, The model is back with us, as well as recurring guest Coulter. What's going on, boys? How's it going? I'm just excited for the NFL. You know, it's finally here. It's like we've been waiting all summer, right? Yeah. Model, how you feeling, man? It's about time. I'm excited. We're recording this on a Thursday. The podcast is likely to drop after Thursday night's game, uh, so we won't talk much about that, but we're excited for this upcoming weekend and excited to watch the game tonight. Yep. So for the listeners, we are about T-minus two hours or so for the first kickoff. It is an exciting time of the year. So let's give a little background. Uh, I forced you two to join a picks league. So it's a league that I've been doing for uh, for quite a while. I think this is the eighth or ninth year that I've been doing it. 
Um, basically, we've got to pick every single game in the NFL against the spread, and you make one pick per week as your key pick. It's essentially worth two points. So what we're going to be doing for this segment is we are going to be talking about two picks, one of which is our key pick. We don't know the games that the other person has picked. We don't know what the second game you want to talk about is. We're going to go round robin. Uh, but it, we would be remiss to not start this podcast with the hot NFL news of the day, and that is Antonio Brown. We've talked about him. I've faded him. What do you guys got to make of this? That 1,000-yard prop bet looks good right now, huh? Dude, I bet <laughs> three different bets under for him, so now they're looking really good. But I'm, I'm at the point now where I wonder if he's going to be just completely cut from the Raiders. I'm at the point wondering what the profit is. What is Antonio Brown paying for it for you? Is it a weekend away with the misses or is it more than that? If, if I was anything, I would be worried about that bet getting voided. If he actually gets cut by the Raiders and then they might say, okay, if he changes teams, they might void that bet entirely. So I would uh, celebrate so quickly. My friend motherfucker. I didn't even think about that. The the bookies cockroaches as always fucking bookies. I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm not surprised uh, with Antonio Brown, but I mean, it's just, it's a circus and every Steelers fan has got to be thinking their stars and stripes that he's not on their team. I offered uh, two guys in my fan, in my, both my fantasy leagues, a reprieve package from Antonio Brown offering them players. I was like, if you want this guy, you can have him. You need a receiver both rejected immediately. And then were uh, insulted. I was like, you're going to play with no receiver. I'm trying to help you out. Yeah. He was sitting for way longer than I thought he was going to be in a, in a fantasy draft that the model and I did last night, but so, I'm so, ha- so happy. I avoided him in both my leagues. Yeah. So yeah. Do you think Mayock cuts him? Uh, I mean, it is. Yeah. We should, we should talk about Mike Mayock here. He is the new general manager in Oakland and just what a cock drop that is. <laughs> I, just, I cannot believe that he just, I mean, he's the big winner today, right? Uh, well, my thought is yes, but from what I'm hearing, the only reason that they're not cutting Antonio Brown completely is that Gruden's pulling the strings. Gruden apparently doesn't want to cut him. Well, yeah, so we've gone over this dynamic with the Giants, right? It's like these coaches who don't have who have too much power or not enough power with the owners or the management. That's an unhealthy dynamic if Gruden has more say than Mayock. Yeah. Model, you think he's gonna get cut? I Sure, hope not. I think they what they give up a third round and a fifth round pick yep. in the trade for Pittsburgh with him, and I, like if they just not even get to play him this year and get any benefit, but they get to recoup a bunch of cash. To me, that still feels like a loss. So if I were them, I'd still try to be mend some fences and see if you can get him to play and get the head case uh, long gone. Man, this I, guy. Oh, you go. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, I just don't see a way where you, if you're the Raiders and you're Mike Mack, you've got to cut him. Like he's just. He's questioning all the power. He's he's putting on a show. He's basically undermining everything that you're trying to do. And if you're just like bend over and take it and you're like, whatever, just go ahead and play. Like, what does that say as a first year GM is Mike Mayock? I'm, I'm so happy that you just said that, too, because it, it goes to my point that, like, I think we talked about this in the, the first pod previewing the season is I don't think Antonio Brown wants to play football. So it's like not only is Mayock getting tooled around by some diva, this is a diva that has questionable uh, desire to get on the field and actually play everything that I've seen and heard from him seems to be a guy that is orchestrating, as you called it a circus. He is literally the frozen foot, the helmet, every single thing with him. It seems like he is going over the top to get into the headlines of the media. 
you just don't need that there. He doesn't want to be on the field. Get him away. I, that, that's my take for sure. Yeah. I've got a theory. Okay. And I want you guys to hear me out on this one. I think there's two possible destinations if he gets cut. And that's it. I don't think there's any more than two. Do you want to hear him? <laughs> New England's got to be one. New England is my number <laughs> one destination. Yeah. I feel like Belichick is going to come to him and be like, listen, we are signing you to the veteran minimum, but we are going to give you the most incentive laden contract you've ever seen in your life. And in order for you to fulfill that contract, you've got to like play every game and get more than five catch or something ridiculous. I just can see that as an option. Like Belichick has done that. He's, he's done that with Ocho Cinco. They did it with Randy Moss. They did that with Josh Gordon just recently. I mean, I can see that happening. The- I, I, I could definitely see New England getting him. With that said, I could see a stupid owner like Miami, Stephen Ross, offering him like a five-year, $70 million contract that he just accepts just on the basis of money. Uh, there's, a lot of du- there's a lot of dumb owners out there that will give him a huge contract. But I agree. New England is definitely one of the places that will – They'll, they'll my sniff around. They'll sniff my second around. one is also along your line of thinking there. It's a dumb owner with a shitty wide receiver core, and that is the Washington Redskins. Gruden Ooh. to Gruden. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. The Gruden connection. I could, I could see that actually now. And then they have the new quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, that's not bad. I like that. I mean, he's an owner who is willing to make stupid moves. They need to fill that stadium, which they're not going to do anyway. But Right. Well, what about a trade? I could see a trade almost happening because then at least the Raiders get some of the value yeah, back. back yeah. Maybe maybe Mayak's on the phone with them already. That's true. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So let's uh, hope my bet does not get voided by the sports books, and let's jump right into this segment here. So uh, we are going to make two picks. So the first one is going to be whatever game you want. Our second one will be our key pick. Mr. Model, take it away. Okay, so before I even give you my picks, I'm just going to make this call out so the listeners know. These lines are somewhat stale, and based on how the competition we're we're using, they either grab the opening line or sometimes the lines will change slightly after they open. So you can imagine that a lot of these numbers that we might be uh, alluding to aren't available in the market right now. So Great point. Great point. My first – I was going to say, my my best bet – uh, I'm not putting it as the key, but I love the Packers tonight. The half point is so clutch right now. It's three everywhere else. Give me the extra half point on Green Bay. That's how you make money, I think. Yeah, this game's going to be interesting, but go ahead, Mr. Model. Okay, so uh, because my model is not yet up and running for NFL, these are coming from the gut, which makes me a little worried. For my first game, I am taking Kansas City minus three and a half at Jacksonville. Now. Ooh couple points for this. So this this line opened at three, but it was heavily juiced. So not shocking to see it jump immediately up to three and a half. To me, this is, comes down to a question of, do we think that they're good? And to me, I don't have a question mark around Kansas City. I do around Jacksonville. I'm not convinced Nick Foles is going to be the savior there and actually perform like he's performed for the Eagles in the past. And with Leonard Fournette as a starting running back, that's not something that I'm super worried about either. I know Kansas City has had an average defense, but they started to plug some of those holes. So I feel pretty good about taking them at minus three and a half. I would have loved to have gotten minus three, but that is going to be my first pick. All right. I like it. I think Kansas City wins that game, too. I was uh, tempted to pick Jacksonville. I think uh, there's a lot of really tempting home dogs in week one here, but I can't say that I disagree. I'm with you on the Chiefs here. What do you think, Coulter? You guys know what I feel about Jacksonville. (laughs) 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 I'm 
I'm still out on Jacksonville, even with the Andrew Luck retirement. Uh, and yeah, I couldn't agree more with the models analysis there. Kansas City, they're just going to outscore them. Like I hate to make, I hate to give just such a straight analysis. Jacksonville just cannot keep score with this team. If Kansas City breaks 25, this will be a cover easy coaching advantage. Andy Reid over Doug Marone. I I just I like everything about Kansas City. And you mentioned the the home teams. I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to go with Kansas City here, but I kind of like Carolina as a home dog, and I kind of like uh, there's two other ones. Oh, I like Miami at six and a half. I'd love to get it at seven. Um, but but you're right, the home dog aspect of it, people love that about Jacksonville. I ain't buying it. Kansas City. All right, Coulter, who is your first pick, my friend? First pick is uh, I'm going. You know, I hate to be simple with these picks, but. I go coaching advantage, and I think Frank Reich has one over Anthony Lynn in L.A. Huge coaching advantage for Indianapolis. They're giving six and a half points. Yeah, they're on the road, but L.A. has no home crowd. This is week one. The traveling out to L.A. is nothing. That's definitely void. The home and field advantage that all these other teams, all the other 15 teams that are playing on the road this week are facing, Indianapolis does not have to face. They're getting six and a half. Ewing theory potential. That's not even why I like this game, but – that you add that in there, you know, they're playing without luck. They rally as a team. And most importantly, bad offensive alignment of the Chargers. Okung is out. He has been ruled out with blood clots. They are a distracted team with Melvin Gordon. And I just don't think they're very well coached. I was stunned that they got the 12 wins last year. I could be wrong on Anthony Lynn, but I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. And I'm taking Indianapolis in six and a half. I, I like that pick. I also have Indy to cover this game here. I'm not sure if they're going to win it outright, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of points to be given uh, a team. You know, the Chargers don't have Melvin Gordon. They don't have Russell Okun, as you said. Derwin James is obviously injured, so there's a lot of things going against the Chargers here. Uh, we've talked about it previously. I just don't like that stadium where they're playing right now. I don't feel it gives them a home field advantage, so I, I'm on that pick. Model, what do you think? I'm saying in rivers, we trust, man. I am taking the (laughs) LA chargers on this one. I don't care. Gordon's not going to be there. I think they're going to cover this at seven or better. Uh, I know the LA chargers have lost uh, what Derwin James on, on defense. Huge, huge, huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of folks about other folks have talked about him. I don't care. I'm going to take him. I'm going to go that route and go against you guys here. Baby. All right. Very interesting. Uh, all right. So you guys have picked a couple ones that I had circled, but you did not have the one that I wanted to talk about for you guys. So I am picking a little bit of a wild card and I think it's going to be one of the better games of the weekend. I'm taking the New York Jets minus two and a half against the Bills. I just I'm not buying the Bills just yet. I mean, I know they were six and ten last year. Josh Allen's first year. I think they're going to be better this year. Uh, I do think, though, that the Meadowlands is going to be. Uh, you know, a good scene. The crowd's going to show up there. Those fans are a little crazy. There's high hopes with Darnold. You got Le'Veon Bell. I think they're a better team than most people think they are in, in the Jets. Uh, their offense is good, and that defense is nasty. I mean, we talked about it. Coulter mentioned it uh, in, in the last episode. Jamal Adams is not even on the board for Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's incredible. They had a great draft with Quinn and Williams. I am taking the Jets, minus two and a half. This is one where I, I love to be honest with you, if it was three and a half, I would be all over Buffalo. I, same reason as the uh, Packers pick. Give me the extra half point for the road team. I love that element. However, in our pool, you nailed it. Jets minus two and a half. That's the right pick. Good value there. You get the half point in the favorable direction of the home team with the Jets. And I think you get the advantage of quarterback with Darnold over Allen. 
And I think Gase is a good coach, as we talked about on the previous pod. I think um, the Jets have a lot to prove. They, they spent a lot of money, and so this is a big game for them to kind of show off to their fan base, uh, you know, what they invested in over the summer. Yeah. Model, what do you think? Am I crazy? Nope. I'm on board. Uh, I have my uh, team name is In Levian We Trust, uh, so <laughs> I'm there. I like to think that he's showing up refreshed and ready to go, so hopefully that he has some good yardage. And uh, I can get on board with this one. All right. I do, I do think that the Bills at three and a half, that would be my pick, honestly. But it's in our pool, the Jets have the value. For sure. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. That's a huge point there. So um, I'm taking that one. But all right, let's go to our key pick. Again, this is the one that's worth two points. So, Mr. Model, who do you have as your key pick? Yep, I'm staying in the AFC West, and I'm going to take Denver plus <laughs> – Plus a half point at Oakland. Yeah. Uh, what and did this I text is, you earlier, Cass? <laughs> yeah, it's a lock of the lock. century. <laughs> this is going to be my key pick, especially given the news that Antonio Brown is likely suspended. Still not official that he's not going to play the game. But to me, this, this line opened Denver as the favorite at minus two. Um, or I think minus one. And it now has climbed to Denver minus two or two and a half, depending on where you look. I'm not sure where these lines that we're using – have has Oakland as a half point favorite, but <laughs> I'm going to be all over that one. And I'm taking that one as Denver, a half point underdog as my yeah. key game. That's a freebie. Yeah, that's an absolute freebie. Yeah. So the line, like we said, the lines are set, um, on this, this pool that we have, uh, it's the intro line. I'm not sure where they get them from, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I know it's in Oakland, but without Antonio Brown, I mean, that's their, that's their weapon. He was going to be the guy that set up everything they did on offense. I just don't see how they can win that game. This is a case study for whoever set this line. Is, is is it rigged? If the Raiders win, how did they know ahead of time that the Raiders without Brown should be favored by 0.5? I, I, the, the only, that's the only thing that makes me apprehensive is that it's such a home run that on Tuesday or next week, whenever we're doing the review pod, we're going to be like, how did the Raiders win this game? Uh, that would be my only fear. But otherwise, Denver has this one. I mean, the defensive advantage is, is monumental. And without Brown and all that distraction, you got to go with the Broncos. Yeah, I'm picking that as well. It's not my key game just because I feel like it's just a, it's almost not. A, it's not a trap game, but it almost feels too good to be true. That's why I'm not. Putting yes, that that's, game. that's what I was trying to conceptualize there. It's, it's definitely a too good to be true game. Yeah. All right, Coulter, who's your key pick? Well, it's actually funny. I've been toggling between the Broncos and the other team that's playing on Monday night is my key pick, and I've now saved it as the Saints, six and a half over Houston. Uh, also love the half point here because it's now been bumped up to seven. I love that I'm getting a little bit there advantage. I love the revenge factor for New Orleans. I like the home field advantage. The city is drooling at the mouth, well, probably more than any other fan base. It's like the opposite of the L.A. Chargers. This is a fan base that wants blood. And guess what they're having? They're having a Bill O'Brien coach team. This is a sloppy offense. They settle for field goals. They don't know how to finish drives. They lose at home in the playoffs. I could go on and on and on and on about it. the disadvantaging of the coaching here is just remarkable. Just like the first game I picked. Give me Sean Payton every day against Bill O'Brien. They've had way too many shuffling parts over the last week. New left tackle, two new receivers or two new running backs. Kenny Stills, new receiver. There's just too many things going on in Houston uh, to like them and you know, quite frankly, that Monday night early slot is always wacky, and I just feel like the public is going to be all over the points. I'll fade the public. I'll take the better team, better coach, home field. And I think Drew Brees plays better in the earlier part of the year, as we saw last year. He might tail off later, but he, he's going to be bringing it at week one against Houston. 
It's a compelling pick, man. I'm with you. I initially thought maybe Houston, but you know, you like you said, it's in New Orleans. They're out for revenge. Better coach, better quarterback. I'm with you. And I got nothing else to add. I'm on board too. I'm taking Saints minus six and a half. All right. Well, uh, my key pick is going to be a little different (laughs) based on some of the things that has already been covered on this podcast. So I am taking the Baltimore Ravens minus six and a half in Miami. (laughs) Wow. I like it. Listen, I, and I know we covered road dog or home dogs, and Miami's a prime candidate for that one. I just do not see any way that this game is close. And I know the Ravens are going to be running a funky offense with Lamar Jackson. They've got also Melvin Gordon or Melvin Ingram. They're going to be pounding the rock. I don't know how Miami's going to stop the run. I think Lamar is even a little bit better of a passer than people are going to give him credit for. I, I just don't know what kind of offense they're going to be running. But even if it's just a crazy running game read option, I don't think Miami's ready for that one. I don't think they know how to stop it. I also don't think Miami has anything on offense that could even remotely put up points to them. So if this was seven and a half, I'd be a little concerned. But the fact that it's six and a half, I, I'm just taking that one. Yeah, I like the coaching advantage here, too. Uh, you just mentioned it, the new offense or the complex offense. Miami's not going to be able to handle that. My one uh, worry would be how do you get an edge with Lamar Jackson? How do you win on the road with a, such a big spread with that kind of a quarterback? Um, I'm not a mathematician or an NFL researcher, but I would love to see if Mike Vick, what was he like on the road as a big favorite? Uh, did he ever blow out teams as a road huge favorite? Because that's kind of Lamar Jackson. Uh, That's that would be my, my one concern is, is he capable of blowing out teams on the road? But I definitely get what you're saying. There's a tactical advantage that they're going to have over Miami. They're going to wear him down running the football and just a better coach team. John Harbaugh, I mean, better coach, uh, Brian Flores, newcomer. Yeah. I mean, in the NFL too, I always look for the better coach, better quarterback. And if it's overwhelmingly on one side, I think that's a pretty good pick. You know, Fitzmagic likes week one. Though, that Fitzmagic, I know that's my only my only wild card is Fitzmagic. But who the hell is he giving the ball to? Who's he going to throw it to? The question is, which one of these big dogs is going to win outright? Fitzmagic, you have the Washington. It's now a ten. I don't see them. One of these teams is going to play spoiler. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Colts earlier. Bengals. I mean, what, Giants. I mean, one of these big dogs has to bark, right? It's got to. There's always going to be one crazy upset, but I don't know. Model, my crazy for picking the Ravens. Nope. I'm on board with that. I agree with everything you said. All right. All right. (laughs) So I want to give you guys just a little bit of insight as the veteran of this league. I changed my key pick probably 14 out of 17 (laughs) weeks last year before the kickoff. So don't do that. That's my only advice to you boys. If you got a key pick, fucking set it and forget it like that goddamn old commercial. So, so I've set it and moved it to Green Bay, and now I just toggled back to New Orleans as we were recording the pod because I, I liked what I said so much. They, they, they were my true key pick, and I, I also flirted with Denver. I had, I had a drink with Denver at the bar, but overall, they're my, they're my own team, and if they lose that game, I'm gonna be so dang pissed. So, <laughs> yeah, I hate putting the Giants as my key pick because then it's got so much extra for me watching the Giants. Right, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I do hate picking, and if we do this next year and I lose this bet, I'm going to recommend not betting that early Monday night game because I do hate doing that, but I I do like the spot for New Orleans. I just think that they have such juice in that game. Yeah. 
Yeah, my dad is in this league as well, and uh, oh, we nice. always, yeah, we always just uh, will text each other. Who's your key pick? Who's this? And we both flip flop our games just to like regret it instantly on Monday. So uh, that's my only piece of advice: is my sage veteran in this league. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that is our picks for week one. It's just let's let's be happy that football's back, man. We got NFL football. Just talking about it put the biggest smile on my face. I'm so pumped for tonight. If Can't I may wait. end this with a little quote from Hard Knocks and Gruden, if you're with me that you're fucking excited NFL's back, knock on wood with me, gentlemen. Knock on wood. <laughs> the All right, Raiders. Everybody. That is circle. our episode. We will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money, and you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one. There you are. I walked around for an hour with stupid scotch in my tray. You got knocked out pretty fast. Oh, a couple of high rollers like yourself. Can you believe it? I'll go get you that stuff. You know, forget about it. I didn't even want it. I just wanted to order it. Well, can I get you something else? I mean, you really shouldn't leave here without getting something for free. Why ruin a perfect night? Listen, um, bring a single malted uh, Glengarry for me and one for my boy Mikey here. And if you tell the bartender to go easy on the water, then this 50-cent piece has your name written all over it. Okay? I want you to run along because I'll be timing you. I'm going to keep time. One. Two, three, four. What an asshole. Baby, that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. That was so demeaning. She smiled, baby. I can't believe what an asshole you are. No, no, baby, she smiled. I can't. I, she was smiling what an asshole No, 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 no. She was smiling at how money I was. What I did with her. Could we get out of here all right? Because I'm not going to pay for a Mike, what the hell do you want to get out of here for? The honey baby's bringing us a cocktail. What are you, nuts? You think she's coming back here? Baby, I know she's coming back here. Did you even hear what she said? You shouldn't leave without getting something for free. Baby, she wants to party. She wants to. I'm tired. We should just go. Baby, this is what we came here for. Now, we met a beautiful baby, and she likes you. She likes you. Whatever. Daddy's going to get her to bring a friend. Now, I don't care if I end up with her, but one of her beautiful baby friends. I've been, I've been out of the game for so long, man. It's been like six years. Mike, listen, it's hard. I know. I've been there myself. I mean, not for six years or anything, but I've been there. The best thing you can do is just get back out there. It's just I, I'm not attracted to them. I keep thinking of my girlfriend, and, and then I'm trying to, like, maintain a conversation with them. Oh, Mike, do you even think I know what the hell they're saying to me half the time? I don't know if they're talking about how hard it is to be adopted or how their dad can't show them affection. All I do, man, is stare at their mouth and wrinkle my eyebrows, and somehow I turn out to be a big sweetie, okay? I take this girl here, right? She's a waitress in Las Vegas, okay? But I bet somewhere inside of her there is a very, very special dream. And no matter how hard I try, I won't... Hey, there she is, the most special lady in town, right? Yep. What time do you get off, uh, Christy? Six. Six o'clock, great. Easy on the water. Fantastic. Uh, listen, why don't you call a friend and have her meet the uh, three of us at the Bamboo Lounge at 6.01? You got it. All right? Yeah. Hey.